Okay. The Word of God works. It works. The only key in this is you. It's you. Um, it's divinity, which is Almighty God, and humanity working together. God lays it out, shows you the path, shines the light on it, and if you go, eh, then it's not going to work. If you respond to it, like even this morning's message, then it will work. <clears throat> it will, in God's timing. It takes faith to believe the Word of God, that which you don't see. And so I hope that you listen, give me your good ear this morning, and that you have to understand that you have to put things in motion for the Word of God to work. Now, Zechariah 3.1, interesting scripture. It says this, this is a different Joshua, but he says, And he showed me Joshua the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. Now you have to understand that impact of this scripture. There is Joshua. Uh, he is a priestly minister like you and I are supposed to be. And he's standing in the presence of the Lord before the angel of the Lord, which is a type of Christ, the Old Testament. Christ always was. And so they refer to him as the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. So you would think, what an awesome spot to be in the presence of God right before my Lord, waiting upon him. But if you look at that verse, then you see right there on his right side is the enemy himself. What's it say? Waiting to resist him. To resist him. Now, <clears throat> Satan hates this whole scene that we're trying to lay out before you. He hates it when God's people come into the presence of the Lord. He hates it when someone comes to the altar at the end of themselves. He hated what you and I just witnessed. Absolutely hates it and is bent to resist. That's what he does. He hates it when you and I come into the presence of God to want to serve him and honor him in some type of ministry here at New Hope. <clears throat> Whether it be the children's ministry, an usher, Whatever you do, he hates the very fact. And then this phrase here that we mentioned, standing before the angel of the Lord, this is a, uh, the idea of a priestly service. He is here to serve. Joshua wasn't in God's presence just as a spectator, but to minister. And it's just like you and I here at New Hope. <clears throat> <clears throat> I need the Lord to touch my voice, so as I go, you pray for that, because I'm determined to hunt the lion today. 1 Peter 2.9 tells us this, you are a chosen generation, you are, for such a time as this, this generation, now they call mine the boomers, and I don't know if you're an X or a Y or whatever you are, but that's the generation, and God says, I have chosen you for that generation. And he goes on and tells us that we are a royal priesthood. We're like this Joshua who's standing in the presence of God, and holy nation under God. That's what we are to be, a peculiar people. And here's why. 
that you, us here at New Hope, should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness. If you're a true Christian, a true person, then God has called you out of darkness and has placed you into his light, his marvelous light, the word of God tells us. So we are not called to be spectators, but ministering priests as well as Joshua. Now, here for over 30, let's see, how old is New Hope? 33 years old? So over 33 years, we have tried to build a solid ministry here. We have tried to preach the uncompromising word of God, whether we like it or not. We have, I believe, a great youth ministry, tremendous children's ministry, as we try to do our very best. And this is not patting on the back time. Don't go there. I'm not talking about that. Wasn't that long ago, the Lord then started to stir us about praying on Wednesday night. Years and years ago, they used to call Wednesday night midweek prayer service. And we kind of got away from that. So we felt the Lord calling us back to that. And within no time, people started flooding to the prayer service. Now listen to me, no joke intended. That's a miracle because people don't come out to pray. You'll come out to have a fish dinner or some fall festival, but we don't come out to pray. We're all like that. And in no time at all, we've had 70 to 80 people coming out every Wednesday for almost two years now, crying out to Almighty God, hear us from heaven, O God. That's going on. Less than a month ago, we started LifeWise Academy, where over 20-some public students from that school over there Get on a bus during school hours right over here in a classroom and is taught about the Lord Jesus and the Word of Almighty God. That's a miracle. Man, we've had kids being thrown out of school just because they've had Christian t-shirts on. Not alone be able to go over there, put them in a bus, and bring them over here and teach them about the Lord. You don't, I don't know if you understand how much of a miracle that is. Every Wednesday now, that's going on. You ought to come out here and just park in the parking lot and watch the bus pick them up. I'm telling you, I'm standing here watching a miracle. Kids coming over. Now, with that said, but it's not going unnoticed. We do have an enemy standing on the right side, attempting to resist us, like the Word of God says. I think we tend to forget this. So all that we're trying to do for the glory of God, for the furthering of the kingdom of God, for the restoration of those that He loves back to the service and the love of God is not going unnoticed by the enemy, standing at the right hand to resist Him. Maybe it's your first time here. You can expect the enemy to start resisting you, to stop you, to, to make you uncomfortable, or to try to get you never to come back. Or maybe you've just decided to do something for the Lord, uh, to involve yourself in the Bethlehem walk, or to help out at the uh, Christmas program. Whatever it is, you can expect the enemy to start to resist you. 
Because he will. Because that's the creep's job. He is. Now, I have to believe that most of you, I have to believe this, have been feeling the resistance coming against our church lately through the various issues that have been happening, one after another, after another, after another. The resistance is to oppose us, to withstand us, to strive against us, and ultimately, it's to bully us. Stop that. Hath God said, what are you doing? To bully us, to try to control us. That's what the enemy has come to do. We have entered this season, New Hope, like it or not, that he's coming around attempting to oppose and to bully us. Now, the enemy has a plan to resist new hope. He does. Other churches, you understand, they might be going through a season of growth and wonderful and whatever, but this church right now has entered this season, and I want you to be aware and wonder. Now, So his plan now is coming against our church like wave after wave after wave. There's always some sort of issue or something, but when they start to really pile up, like the waves always come in. There's always waves, but when there's a churning and a storm somewhere 100 miles away, those waves take on another look. And then they start coming closer together and start coming faster and faster. And that seems to be what's happening here with issues and heartaches and various things that's going on. So Satan has showed up to oppose this house of God. And that's you. Because here where you sit. Daniel says this, and he shall speak great words against the most high, the enemy. And he shall wear out the saints. I've given you that scripture for the 30 some years I've been here. That he's attempting to wear you out. Because there are so many things that are happening right now and trying, that are trying to overwhelm us here at this church. With so many of us, many of us having personal struggles and problems and heartaches. Absolute heartaches happening all around us. I just found out when I got back, my dear friend, Pastor Sturman, not doing good at all. And even in my own heart, I'm going, cheese, Lord, what else? So the condition of our nation and the direction it takes still makes me scratch my head and wonder, Lord, what happened to our country? And now Israel's at war. Wave after wave after wave. Remember the word to wear out. That means to harass constantly. No breaks, the enemy says. Go again. Attack them again. So it can become draining, drain of our, our strength and our ability. The enemy is attempting, you know, a lot of people, it's really weird, um, a lot of people have died on, I forget what side of Florida, if it's the Gulf or the Atlantic, of riptides this year, lots of them. There may be a dozen or so have died. They get caught in this riptide, and they get so exhausted and so worn out, they can't even make a, a swim uh, motion anymore, and so they drown. That's what the enemy's trying to do. Get us caught up in a riptide of problems and circumstances, and we're so exhausted and overwhelmed that we just get exhausted. 
That's why the psalmist said in Psalms 143, 4, Therefore, because of everything that I've just mentioned, therefore is my spirit overwhelmed within me, and my heart within me is desolate. And I looked up that word desolate, and it means absolutely shocked. Now, Ruth and I have went down to Miami to spend some time with Jonathan, our son, and while we're down there and we're hearing this news and then that news and the various things that have happened, we were absolutely shocked, stunned. So I'm sitting in my son's house saying, Lord, what is going on? It seems like everyone in our church is going through some type of difficult situation. Everyone. A trial that doesn't seem to end. One that comes out of nowhere. So here's the enemy's goal. This is what the creep is up to. So it says, and Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. The strength of those who are carrying this burden. Those who want to see the, the move of God and the presence of God and God send the revival and we'll pray again, we'll cry out some more, we'll do this, Lord. It's starting to decay, getting worn out, overloaded from all the trouble. And then it goes on and says, there is much rubbish. The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish. Another issue. Now my buddy Sturman. Rubbish, issue after issue, you got to step over, deal with, try to clean up. It becomes exhausting. Now listen to what the enemy says. Listen to me, this is the plan against new hope, your new hope. And our adversary said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst of them and slay them and cause the work to cease. That's what the enemy wants. He wants the LifeWise Academy to cease. He wants the prayer meeting on Wednesday to cease. The preaching of the Word of God, the moving, the praying, the seeking out friends and crying out with them to cease. That's his plan. So wave after wave, issue after issue, storm after storm comes. That's his plan. But, now, I don't mean this to be funny, but you might laugh, but I'm sitting there in Miami, and I'm thinking, God, what on earth? Because it might have been, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday of last week, and I'm hearing this, and I'm hearing that, and I'm going, what? And so I'm going through all this, and all of a sudden, I thought of this great quote from Mike Tyson. I did. I have a picture for you. Everybody would try to thump Mike Tyson. Everybody came in there with a plan. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to rope a dope. I'm going to stay way away. I'm going to dance like crazy. I'm going to pound meat to meat, whatever. And they asked Mike one day. He goes, man, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That's what you have to do today. You have to punch the enemy in the mouth today. you got to be done being bullied, done being shoved around, and you have got to say, that's it, I'm done. 
I'm going to take my best swing at you today. And if you don't have enough strength, then there's other of us. And we'll swing with you today. We're going to take him out today. We're going to punch him in the mouth. Right dead in the mouth. Psalm 61.2 says this. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed. When my heart is overwhelmed, meaning too faint, just too much, I can't handle anymore. God, lead me to the rock. It doesn't say I'm, I'll pull up my boots and I'll walk to the rock myself. It says, no, God, lead me to the rock. I have no more strength. <clears throat> and here's why. Verse 3 says, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from my enemy. I will abide in the tabernacle forever. I will trust in thy covert or thy hiding place of thy wing, O Lord. Think of that. That's what that Selah means. Think, think of that. Psalms 3, 3 says this, But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the lifter of my head. God will do this for us. You have to do your part. And listen, this next verse, this is how you throw your first punch. It says this, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me. He heard me. He will hear you this morning. Overwhelmed, exhausted, confused, turmoil, heartbreak. Cry unto the Lord. Throw that punch. And God says, I will hear you this morning. Now, you can sit there and say, oh, this is silly, you're foolish, and then that's it. Then you'll just stay in your troubles, because I'm giving you the Word of God. This is not some playwright thing, and I'm giving you some little story, some little fun thing. It's the Word of Almighty God. Punch Him in the mouth. The Word of God even tells us in there, I didn't use this scripture, but it says, His mouth begs for a beating. You ever read that in a word? His mouth just, just punch him in the mouth. In my distress, do you feel the distress? Do you feel the pressure being backed in the corner? He says, I cried unto the Lord and he heard me. It's all over the word of God that if you would cry, he'll hear you. If you would feel in your desperation, I've got to get to God, like that woman going through the crowd. I'm such a buffoon. If I was in that crowd, I'd probably be saying, look at that stupid lady. Look at that goofy lady. Look, she's acting so foolish. She had one thing in mind. I've got to touch the hem of his garment. I've got to touch the word. I've got to get a hold of God. She didn't care that I thought she looked silly or dumb or not cool or I'm too manly. Psalms 142 tells you, punch him again. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, with my voice, with my voice. The Lord did, uh, cried unto with my voice unto the Lord did I make my supplication. Listen to that. Not with my thoughts, with my voice. Listen, not with my quiet time, with my voice. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. God's telling us to do this. 
Psalms 18, 6 says this, In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried. That means cry out for help. Help me, Lord, help. If you're walking on the sea and you start to sink because you take your eyes off the Lord, are you just going to have a quiet time, a moment of silence? As you're sinking, you're going down to the grave, death is gripping you, you would cry out. You would cry out for help. That's punching the enemy in the mouth. It is. The enemy doesn't want you to get stirred up. That's the last thing he wants. He wants to keep you in that little bassinet little rocking thing and just lullaby. And you start to go, he's going to keep you quiet. So you sleep and the world goes to hell. So your job is to punch the enemy in the mouth this morning with the word of God and with worship, crying out this morning, giving God an opportunity to move, and he will. I mean, I don't understand all this, but he does it. I don't know how he knew me before he put me in my mother's womb, but he did. He knew me. I take that by faith. There's so many things I don't know. There's something about crying out. Listen to this. I stumbled across this <clears throat> down in Florida. It says, if a damsel, that is a virgin, be betrothed unto a husband engaged... And a man find her in the city and lie with her. Then you shall bring them both out unto the gate of the city. And you shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not. She didn't cry out for help. She just let the enemy do whatever. Verse 25 says, but if a man find a betrothed damsel, uh, engaged woman in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. Both acts, both horrible. One time the woman dies, and now it's man only. 27 tells us, for he found her in the countryside, and the betrothed young woman cried out. Even if there was no one to save her, God said, because she cried out and wanted help, oh, God, help me. The Lord said, no death penalty for her. It's for those who just sit there and don't believe. Sit there in unbelief and not crying out to God. I find that very interesting. There's something about crying out for help. And asking God, getting to a point you don't care who's around, what's going on. Oh, dear God, I need help. If you don't touch me, I'll die. Amen. Isaiah 26, 4 says, Trust ye in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. Now, Habakkuk 3, 17 kind of explains sometimes we have these seasons. <clears throat> and we're going through this season now. Habakkuk 3.17 says, although the fig tree shall not blossom. Don't see a whole lot of fruit and flowers and fun things right now. Neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. 
the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. The enemy's going, we got them now. Because only why they serve God is if they have lots. If they see fruit and trees growing and flowers and everything's beautiful, that's the only way they'll serve God. Take all that away. See what happens. New hope has entered into this season. Trials that seem like they won't go away. Even though you pray, wave after wave of difficulties. Sharing this message with Ruthie, she showed me this scripture. I don't think I've ever saw it. Psalms 118.12 says, they compass me like bees. <laughs> you ever stumble across a, a bee's nest? We kind of chuckle, but is it too funny at that moment? Bees just flying all over. Verse 13 says this, thou hast thrust a sore at me that I might fall. That's the enemy's plan for you. Get you just, your eyes off the Lord, and he's getting you to fall so that the work stops. Yeah, we took care of New Hope. Let's move on. Now, here's where you throw your punch. Because even though that stuff's going on, and even though it is heartbreaking and heart-wrenching and sickening and sad, and even through tears, you do the next verse. It says, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You're letting the enemy know, go ahead, take your best shot. I don't care what you do. I'm still going to serve him. I'm still going to love him. I'm still going to glorify my God. That's a punch right in his mouth. Because all he thinks is you're nothing but temporal, carnal, possessions, stuff. So he comes and he tries to strip you of it. Your strength maybe, your health, your finances, whatever. And you spit in his eye with that verse. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Even what I'm going through is only temporary. There's a home for me. This is not my home. You'll punch him right in the mouth. Verse 19 says, the Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon my high places. He can put so many slippery slopes in front of you, the enemy, that's right. You just say, God, you make my feet like hinds feet. And I always go back to that study that Ruth did with the ladies with Much Afraid. Remember that? that? Maybe it's been so long, a lot of our ladies don't know about that anymore. Tremendous, much afraid, but God came through for that person all the time. Remember in the story, remember Cain ran from the presence of the Lord. Every time he messed up, we're going to run to the presence of the Lord this morning. We're going to run to him and say, God, I'm overwhelmed. I'm fatigued, God. I'm exhausted. Hear us from heaven, Lord. Dry and thirsty souls. When I was young, I thought I was Tarzan. Now I don't think that anymore. You know what I mean by that? Sometimes when you're young, I don't know, sometimes you squabble over things that are needless and every man thinks he can beat every man. And, and, and now I just ignore that because I know I can't. Because <laughs> I know if I get mad, I would get too sore trying to get out of the car, hurt my knee. 
my arm hurts, I can't throw a punch, so why just get beat up? So, the idea here is, have you ever felt safer because someone was with you? If someone gives you a hard time, I say, cool, I got my sons plus my son-in-law. You want to do something? You want to jump? I can, I can feel bad with them, but not myself. Exodus says this. He says, my presence shall go with thee. God is with you. In your old age, the aches and the pains and the scary things that happen to us in our health, God says, I'm with you. When you're young and bewildered and you don't know what to do, how am I going to hack out a living? We want to get married. It's so horrible. Interest rates are going. God says, I'll never leave you. I'm with you. He said, my presence shall go with thee, <clears throat> and I will give thee rest. Rest. Something the world does not have. It has no rest. This world cannot even offer rest. It cannot. Some of the greatest holidays they try to come up with, like, say, Christmas, you know, and all the joy and the snowmen and the songs that you start to hear already and Hobby Lobby's doing their thing and to try to bring this happiness. That's one of the darkest times for people because it doesn't. It cannot bring happiness. So God says, you ask me for rest. Hebrews 4.9 says, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. A rest. If you're exhausted, you got to punch that guy in the mouth and get the rest of God. And if you're like, I'm just too weary, then you come along with us. Whoever moves this morning, you get in line. Just let God do his work. For he that is entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works. This is too hard for you. It's too hard for us. God has to do this. We're no match for the enemy. Sitting there in Miami thinking, this is going on, that's going on. My buddy's sturming what uh, uh, the Walters have gone through and, and others and the Fishers and, and Roger and Debbie Carson. And I'm like, Look, what, what can I do? It's, too, it's beyond me, a man, a person, a pastor, pastors. Even if they'd want to and love to, we can't. But the Word of God can. And God can. He that enters into his rest, he shall also cease from his own works as God did from his. Now look, it says this. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Labor, work. You have to work. You have to fight to get into that rest because here's where the battle is. It's going on in your mind right now because we're going to offer this rest to you this morning through songs and worship and praise. And the battle will rage in your, in your mind because the enemy's not going to want you to move, participate, do anything. He hates it. He's at your right hand resisting you now, and he got all his creeps out there trying to discourage you, all his demons. <clears throat> and I'm looking for help. I'm looking for help for myself, my wife, and my church. I'm looking for God. I said, God, you got to help your people. Help us today, Lord. Hear us from heaven, Lord. You've got to hear us from heaven. Now look, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this. Come unto me. You think God is awesome enough to have all this stuff he's going to tell us about go to you? That you don't have to come unto him? Sure he can. But that's not what he's asking. He's telling you, come unto me. 
Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That come unto me means come hither, come now, come down, is what he's saying to us. Come to me this morning, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, all that are grown weary, tired, exhausted, those weighed down by life, come hither, come now, is what God's saying. Now's the day of salvation, the word says, and I will give you rest. It's that humanity and divinity working together. So that word rest means to cause or to permit one to cease from any of their labor. What you're doing is exhausting and it's not working. It's just not. The Bible also tells us when you pass through the waters, I will be there. Listen, you know what that tells me? That tells me Jesus isn't going to run out on me. He's not going to desert me. He's not going to go AWOL on me when I'm in trouble, whether I caused it or not. He's going to stay there with me. Because I was a buffoon, a fool, and I caused all this problem. Jesus said, I'll walk with you. I'll go in it with you. Jeremiah tells us, call unto me and I will answer thee. And this is what we're going to do. Here's my next Slide for you, please, Mike. I hope it fits. I don't know how big I made it. It says, when you finally realize this world can't help you, you will cry out to the one who can. <clears throat> now listen to me. When the president election comes, I'm voting. I'm doing what I can. And I have in my heart and intentions of I hope this person wins or that person wins. I'll do my best for that. But that's not our answer. That's not the answer. They're so fouled up over there they can't even think straight no matter who's in the White House. So I'm coming down to simply this. You know what, God? You're the only one that can help us. You're the only one, the only hope that we have left. Psalms 34, 17 says, The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. There's something about crying out to God. Not caring what those around you see or think of you. So as we're going to get ready, we're going to come down to this altar and we're going to cry out for any songs. And you can cry out by singing the song. The song itself is a prayer. The song itself is crying out. And as you do that, you'll be punching the enemy in the face. You can tell them when you're down here, I don't care what you do to me. I don't care what you say, how you scare me, what you keep me up. Listen to me. I'm going to punch you in the face today in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to give you my best shot today. Do it. I'm telling you. <clears throat> so you're going to stand here in the presence of Jehovah, and you're going to receive strength through these songs. <clears throat> Psalms 34, 15 says, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and his ears are open unto their cry. God is waiting to see who's going to cry today. God's waiting to see who's going to be obedient to the word of God. Remember, the Lord said to you, Come! Praise and worship is an absolute weapon. I don't know if we realize that. That's why I try to tell you, just don't sing. It's praise and worship. It's a weapon. Psalms 22, 3 says this, But thou art holy, O Lord, that inhabits the praises of his people. 
You understand what that's telling you? Do you really understand and believe the word of God? Almighty, unbelievable Lord and power and might. He said, I will come to you when you praise and worship me. I will inhabit your praises. I will come, surround you, bring my hordes of angels, all my promises and my answers and my comfort when you praise and worship me. That's what that word inhabits. It means to dwell. It means to remain, sit and abide. God says, I'm here with you when you are in your difficulties. <clears throat> now, this is the one. Okay. What do you want to do, Lord? Choir, we sent out a text. Did you get it? If you didn't, you didn't pay attention to your phone. Because we're going to have the choir come up. Now listen, choir. Don't be coming up here worrying about what note, this note. I don't know. I don't. No, we're sending Judah first. You understand? We're doing spiritual warfare. In spiritual warfare, you send the singers. I don't care what you sound like. You praise and worship. And let God do the rest. But we're going to worship God. And we're going to get a hold of God the best we know how. 1 Chronicles 16, 29 says this, Give unto the Lord glory due unto his name. That's your job. Your job, you are to give glory to God. It's due unto his name. It says bring an offering. That offering is your voice to worship him before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. That's what we're going to do. We're going to take time. We're going to say, God, too much going on. I'm overwhelmed. And we'll sing whatever songs we gave the choir and the band to do. Psalm 67.3 says this, let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. Almighty, everybody. Isaiah 42.12 says, let them give glory unto the Lord and declare his praise in the islands. Off in some islands somewhere. Let God know. Now here's the verse I felt that God says, if you, he will. He said this, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. You understand what this is saying? When they came and God told them, you worship me, you praise me, you glorify me, and when they started to pray, they were surrounded by issues and problems, enemies, warriors, armies bigger than them, like we are. We are the minority in our nation. And then when they began to sing and to praise and take this for heart and to cry out and to truly worship, God says, I set ambushments. I ambushed. I did. against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten, smitten. Now I'm going to ask the choir to come, and I'm going to ask the band to come. And as they come, you stand. And I'm going to read one more portion of Scripture to you.
Now look, those of you who are coming, I'm asking God to use you this morning. As we're going to do war with the enemy, there's enough nonsense going on, enough heartaches. I'm tired of being bullied. I'm going to push back, punch the enemy in the face as hard as we can. It says, and the Philistines put themselves array against Israel. There's another war outnumbered again, which we always are. And when they joined battle, Israel was smitten before the Philistines. And they slew of the army in the field about 4,000 men. People die. What we do, people lose their lives. They die. We fight for that. Verse 3 says, And when the people were come into the camp, the elders of Israel said, Wherefore hath the Lord smitten us today? Like me sitting in Miami saying, Lord, what is going on? Wherefore, Lord, smitten us today before the Philistines. And they went, Let us fetch the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of Shiloh unto us, that when it cometh among us, he may save us out of the hand of our enemies. I'm asking them through worship and song to bring the presence of God. That's the ark of his presence. Lord, we need your presence. You have to hear us from heaven, Lord. Lord, we trust you. You've got to take care of us. So the people went to Shiloh that they may bring forth thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. The ark is supposed to be with the people of God, and it wasn't. And they were having all these problems. And all of a sudden, dawned on someone, get the presence of God back in the people in the house of God. And when the ark of the covenant of the Lord came into the camp, all Israel shouted with a great shout so that the earth rang out. They were desperate. They were in need of help. And they sensed the help when the presence of the Lord came. And it says about the enemy, and when the Philistines, the enemy, heard the noise of the shout, they said, what meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? And they understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. Okay. As we sing, or they sing, God is telling you to come. And you throw your punches at the enemy, by whether singing these songs or crying out before God. But you need to punch him in the mouth. Don't be afraid of him. In fact, go looking for him. Find him. He's messing with your family. He's messing with your health. He's messing with your children, your marriage. Find him. Find him and punch him dead in the mouth and tell him, I'm not afraid of you because I come in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is not just a little cutie time. I'm looking for you to take authority in your house and in your family, your situation, and go after that enemy. Not that you can, but the God in you can and we're sending Judah first through these songs. You come down and you make war. Go ahead. Do it. Punch him dead in the face, Christy. As hard as you got, you punch him.
it a sorrow Jesus is mine He's been my fourth man in the fire Throw those time after time Believe this song, it's a prayer Born of His spirit Washed in His blood what he did for me on Calvary is more than done. Those that aren't here, throw those punches for them. I trust in God, my Savior, the one yes. who will never fail. He will never This is my story, and this is my song, raising my risen King and Savior all the day long, and I trust in God, my Savior.
my Savior.